Welcome to Fear and Greed Sunday feature. I'm Michael Thompson. Every Sunday, we like to go into the Fear and Greed archive and dig out an interview that's going to give you some good Sunday listening. And I love this one. It's only from about a year ago, slightly under a year ago, actually. So it's a fairly recent addition to the archive, but it's well worth revisiting. It's all about art and how to invest in art. So it's worthwhile listening just for the lesson that Sean Aylmer receives in the art world. And he gets it from Stefan von Imhoff, who is the co-founder of the alternative investing community fund, alts.co. And we talk to Stefan fairly regularly about all kinds of different alternative investments, and he knows his stuff. What he takes Sean through is basically everything from investing in kind of prints and kind of lesser known impressionists, even through to kind of buying a fraction of an artwork by a household name, how you do it, kind of what kind of returns there are, the whole process process behind it. It's a fascinating interview. Remember, of course, it is general information only, uh, and you should seek professional advice before making investment decisions, but hopefully a nice, enjoyable listen for your Sunday. Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. You might remember a while ago, we talked about a few unusual asset classes. There's a whole range of alternative assets out there, and we explored some of the more left-field ones, shall we say, from tequila and vinyl records to buying domain names. Today, we're going back to Stefan von Imhoff, the co-founder of alternative investing community fund, alts.co, A-L-T-S.co, for a lesson on investing in art. Of course, this is general information only, and you should certainly seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. Stefan, welcome back to Fear and Greed. Hey, great to be here again. Thank you. So why is art such an interesting space for investors, particularly at the moment? Well, it's funny. You mentioned, you know, you know, left field investments, right? Uh, and I'm not actually sure that art falls into the left field. It's uh, true. depending on how you look at it, I think art is either the, the oldest new alternative investment or the newest old alternative right. investment, yeah. right? Kind of like right in the middle. So it has a lot of history. You know, people have been, wealthy investors have been collecting fine art for hundreds of years. But along, you know, with other alternative assets like farmland and wine and whiskey, there's been a Cambrian explosion of new platforms that allow retail investors to invest in, in fine art over the past four or five years. So it's definitely having a moment right now. Okay. So what's considered, I suppose, the equivalent of blue chip companies, blue chip art? What is blue chip art? Well, art is uh, usually, there's kind of two distinct buckets. There's classical and there's contemporary. So basically think of contemporary art as mid 20th century and and onward. Mm -hmm. You know, blue chip is, it it really, it it comes down to a few different things. What you really want to look for is you want to look for artists that have a long, strong history of auctions, right? Who artists who have been exhibited in major galleries, institutions, and whose work is held by major collectors. So provenance is very important here. Blue chip would not be someone like Banksy, for example. So yes, Banksy is very famous and he's internationally famous. And there's a lot of people that that collect Banksy, but the Banksy paintings are more vulnerable to volatility. It's not actually as established as someone like, you know, Basquiat, for example. Okay, so I'm, go- I'm actually going to jump in. So Banksy, because you're going to have to teach me some of this. So he's the street artist. 
Yeah, Banksy's famous for he. I don't know if you saw like the banana taped to the yep. canvas or the exploding self-destructive art that uh, he's he's kind of like a, a very very po- postmodern yep. artist. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's that's Banksy. And then like you know someone would uh, with, with a little bit more you know blue chip would be someone like uh, Basquiat. So Basquiat is from the '70s in New York scene, and I mean he he basically tackled race and a lot of social commentary. His uh, his art is very intense and you know, in your face. Mm. And, you know, he had a short career, but, you know, uh, he died young. And after he died, I mean, his pieces uh, have started to really skyrocket and they've been elevated ever since. And so he's someone who, you know, you consider like a contemporary blue chip artist. Okay. Now you wrote a piece recently and I mean, it's fascinating. And I recommend anyone that would like to go and read it if you're interested in investing in art. And one of the, one of the, well, one of the many things I found interesting was sort of the process of it and you talk about the process in it, but then things like um, Prince, you describe Prince as being underrated. Yeah, Prince, it's interesting you picked up on that. You know, Prince are, they, they kind of have a bad rap in the in the world. If you don't know much about it, you might think, oh, it's not an original. Like, what's why does that matter? But the, the fact is that for, for blue chip artists, releasing Prince is a very big deal. And they don't just, you know, it's not like you're, you're, you're kind of like your friend who's an artist who just everything they do, you know, gets released as a print and that way everyone mm. can afford it $500. It's not like that at the high end of the world. Um, prints are rare. Prints are very, it's very rare to, to see them in the market and see them in the wild. It's also frowned upon, it's kind of getting maybe a little too deep into the weeds, but it's actually frowned upon to flip prints. And so... Why, why is that? Uh, because the auction houses want to keep the prices and the demand controlled and high, and it's meant to be enjoyed. It, it truly, I mean, that is one of the, the fundamental things about art is that the, the type of people who collect art, they, they're not, unlike many other asset classes, there's not actually a lot, a big flipping culture with art. Like mm, you're supposed what? to enjoy it. You're supposed to get personal enjoyment from it and showcase it and keep it for a long time. I mean, like I said, provenance is a really important part of art collecting. So yeah. Stay with me, Stefan. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Stefan von Imhoff, co-founder of alternative investing community fund, Alts.co. Well, I mean, another one thing you talk about, um, young contemporary artists. Why are people drawn to young contemporary artists? And is it actually a good investment? I mean, it must be a risky investment. It's risky. I mean, young contemporary is a way to get into contemporary, but you're basically placing a bet on the artist's future. These are artists who have show a lot of promise, but they don't really have a, a strong multi-decade history of strength in, in the in the numbers. And so, you know, it's risky. It's volatile. We don't, for our fund, we don't have any young contemporary. All, all, all of ours are old contemporary. Okay. And, and then kind of along those lines, you talk about underrepresented and female artists. It's another area you've picked out as undervalued. I suppose, again, they're high risk, probably more opportunity, but still high risk. Not necessarily. So underrepresented isn't necessarily high risk. Uh, I don't think those those two things are, they're not really that related. I mean, okay. yep. example, someone under uh, underrepresented would be, you know, a lot of like contemporary female artists. So uh, like for our fund, we've bought a piece from Bridget Riley and Bridget Riley is a British modern artist who, you know, the best way to describe her, her work is it, it lends itself extremely well to a digital age today. Yep. It was far before, I mean, this was created far before digital age began. So, you know, her stuff, you know, you look at it and it looks like it was digitally created, but I mean, this is back in the seventies. And I mean, it was, it was long before, uh, you know, computer software and everything. So, 
yeah, I mean, she's at the time she was very groundbreaking, and, and today, I, I mean, it's it's clear that her pieces speak for themselves in terms of how society values them over time, and so. So we do have a, a small Bridget Riley piece uh, for our fund, which we're, we're uh, very proud of. She's also getting very old. She unfortunately won't be with us for, you know, for, for too much longer. And so you know, that does play into things as well. Now, many of us, when we think about art, many of we uh, less sophisticated people think about art. You always think about the impressionists. You talk about there is actually an opportunity. I mean, it's very difficult to go and buy a Monet, right, or even part of a Monet. But there are opportunities in lesser known impressionists. Yeah, it's interesting. You think of Impressionism and you think of, uh, you know, Monet, Renoir, but there were other Impressionists that just didn't quite, they're not as like the household names as the the big ones. So, you know, Pissarro is one, um, Alfred Sisley. It, it's a great way to kind of buy Impressionism that although the history books aren't, haven't been as kind to, to these yeah. uh, types of artists, they're still underrated in our minds. Oh, I'm I'm uh, partnered to someone who studied the Impressionists. And so wherever we go, if there's an art gallery, I find myself looking at impressionist art of people I had never heard before. So I I get that totally, Stefan. Tell it's me funny, like impressionism is actually how I, I got into artwork yeah. uh, back in middle school. That was the that was really when I started to realize just how intense and interesting and how time consuming it can be to, to create a masterpiece. So it's funny. I think for me it was kind of like a gateway drug into into the art world. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, take me through um, how fractional art investing works. Really interesting for most people who can't don't have millions of dollars to invest in art. Fractionalization is a huge trend in a lot of alternative assets right now, and um, artwork is uh, absolutely one of them. So, with fractionalization, a company will buy a piece at auction. Uh, it doesn't have to be at auction; it can be, but uh, they'll buy a piece uh, in full, and then they basically IPO that piece. Uh, so, in a sense, they fractionalize the piece uh, into shares and sell each of those shares for, you know, it can be as low as, you know, $100 or so. Mm, um, right. the, the biggest platform that people may have heard of or, or should know about is, is called Masterworks. And, you know, of all the kind of alternative investing fractionalization platforms, Masterworks is really kind of leading the way in terms of educating people on investing in art and in, in uh, investing through fractionalization. I personally have definitely invested with, our, uh, with Masterworks and it's one of my favorite platforms. Fantastic. What about buying pieces on your own? Is it, I mean, is having an art broker important? You don't have to use a broker. I would definitely recommend it. So you can just go to an auction. Anyone, there's nothing stopping you from just going to an auction, raising your hand and, you know, committing to a, to a buy. The problem is you're going to pay a buyer's premium, right? When that hammer goes down, they're going to add 25%, right? So you're, I mean, that is a lot to stomach for a lot of people, for many, many collectors, that's too much, right? There's also galleries you can buy from galleries, especially special showings and stuff like that. But if you're really serious about it, just do what we did, which is, yeah, find a broker, find a trusted broker. And so we, we have a, a lot of uh, folks in our community who are really into art collecting. And uh, one of them, we've developed a great relationship, a gentleman in, in the UK. And uh, so he is basically our go-to guy. He'll give us ideas for you know what's hot, what's coming next. Uh, we talk to him about once every few months or so. He's, he's our broker. He's our guy. And I would definitely recommend others do the same. Now, if anyone's interested, so it's Alts Academy. If you Google Alts Academy, and it's the second issue of Alts Academy, uh, fascinating look at how to invest in art or why you should invest in art, everything. Stefan, you wrote that piece, I presume, did you? Because uh, I got glued to it. I'd love to take credit. That was actually my co-founder, Wyatt, who wrote that one. (laughs) You can take credit as far as I'm concerned. Look, Stefan, thank you very much today for talking to us this morning on Fear and Greed. Oh, thank you. That was Stefan von Imhoff, 
co-founder of alternative investing community fund, alts.co, A-L-T-S.co. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Remember, this is general information only, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decision. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.